I never had a coach tell me to go out there and give 50%. It's like we're actually putting people in a position to hold themselves back from being excellent. I'll never forget that one time that you came running into my office with this baseline <laughs> cholesterol <laughs> profile that you were just freaked out about. Because yeah, cholesterol goes up, my gosh, and we started doing genetics and stuff like that at the time. We really didn't know what we were doing. This had been years ago. And it's and like, yikes, cholesterol is deemed as such a demon. Well, that's what we were told. Heart disease. Most people understand that there are checks and balances in government. But most people don't realize that our founders went a step beyond that. And they created a more powerful external check and balance that exists in the state and local governments. sports fans i mean obviously we're oh yes. both. I, I don't like to say we're former athletes i say once an athlete always an athlete right you competed That'd be a in, current athlete you competed in taekwondo right absolutely that was my favorite sport you know and i remember playing football and basketball and some baseball of course too that got me through college and into professionals for a while but i never had a coach tell me to go out there and give 50% or give 60% or never did that once. Did you ever have a coach tell you that? No, I never did. I have a coach that told me, you know, that team's better than us. Well, yeah. And even if we did lose a game or something like that, you know, I, I never would say this or I never would have a coach tell me this, that, you know, they're just better than you. You're not as good as now. Sometimes you might hear saying, well, they, they made more plays than you did. But the thing that really bugged me about some of the stuff that I see today is we've lowered our bar so much, it's almost like I think about the participation trophy kind of concept, you know? I mean, you can go out there and get 50% and you still get a trophy. But I, I didn't get a trophy for second place. Did you? I never got a trophy for second place. It's like we're actually putting people in a position to hold themselves back from being excellent. Well, I agree, you know, as we deal with people around the, the country and the globe, I mean, to get their hope back in them. And I, I, I put that back in the idea of athletics, you know, you can't go out there and perform in an excellent manner if you're not having the mindset that you're going to go out there and, and not only give it your best, but you've got to see yourself doing your best. And a lot of people don't even have a concept like they don't have a vision of that. And that to me is, is quite sad. Well, it is quite sad. You know, so if we're lowering the bar, we have to really start to get into the weeds with people and understand the things that are actually holding them back. In fact, we've written this awesome book. It's called Fork Your Diet. Oh, yeah. And in that book, it talks about several things that literally hold people back or keep them from being their best. And those things are fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. Wow. And we find out a lot of times that one thing that is holding somebody back is rooted in 
spiritual or emotional brokenness. Well, I, I hadn't thought about that recently. I mean, that, that book was great. You know, I remember we wrote that. Remember the day we were in their office and I, I came back to you and I said, you're not going to believe this. And I wrote down F-R-A-U-D-S and those words just came out. I was like, my what is that spell? gosh, frauds. Wow. And I thought well, people are losing their identity, you know, because they've allowed these things to get in their life that holds them back and really who they are, um, who they're supposed to be or who they even could become. And I, and it, it's heartbreaking because, you know, as we're out here approaching six decades on life, I know you can't believe that, right? Again, she doesn't look a day under, under you know, more than 29, in my opinion. And well, and you don't look a day over 28. <laughs> there you go. That's why I love her so much. That's why I call her my, she's not my, my spare rib. No, she's my prime rib. And so, I'm part of the rib cage. Love that. <laughs> so <laughs> the bottom line is, you know, we're not going to let anybody outwork us. We've never went into what we do, you know, whether it's writing books or doing movies or, or doing a one-on-one -on -one encounter with somebody. We're not going to do less than our best. There's no way. And we've even made the commitment nobody's going to outwork us. And boy, I sometimes wish we hadn't done that one. But the bottom line is the best that we can do is going to be the best that we can do. But when we lower that bar so much, that can hold anyone back from achieving what they could be doing. And they, they just kind of live life that way with no expectations. And, and that really is what grieves me the most about things that get in people's way and, and hold them back. Yeah, so I think we need to really kind of get the chutzpah, if you will, back in leadership. We need to raise the bar. We need to find yeah. out why people are so held back by fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness disappointment and shame and yeah. why they hold themselves back from absolute excellence. If I had to, to name one thing that holds people back, it would be, it'd be this, and this is kind of a, a concept or an idea, but I really do feel like this. It's the, the failure to look at your own life in an introspective way and recognize where you failed and recognize that failure doesn't have to be permanent, but how you can learn from that and make it better. We've all made mistakes. We all have this, sort of suitcase full of baggage, if you will. We need to look at that in our own lives. And a lot of people don't face that. You mentioned leadership. When's the last time you heard a leader say, geez, I blew that one. Or geez, I'm sorry. Or geez, how about this one? Asking a question of people, will you forgive me? That doesn't happen. And that is a sort of an epidemic of problem, epidemic of worldwide proportions when you don't have that within your own life. You mentioned leadership, but you can't lead in your own life and you got those one things that are holding you back. You know, we've just failed as, as people. You know, we can fail as men, we can fail as women, we can fail as fathers and mothers, whatever we do. So basically that boils down to the person looking back at themselves at the mirror. We've got to evaluate. We've got to determine what that one thing is that's holding us back. Resolve it so we can move forward. Remember the guy, he's one of the greatest philosophers of all time. You just don't know it. He wore one glove. You know who I'm talking about? I think I do. One glove. Is that Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. He made a song one time talking about looking at the man in the mirror. If you want to make a change, he said it in a way, I'm going to make a change. You know, you got to look at the man in the mirror. Um, How did that go? I'm not going to do that one more time. <laughs> the bottom line is really... You know, there's a lot of truth in that. If you want to make a change in the world, you got to make a change with the person staring you back in the mirror. So, 
you know, if, if people are out there right now listening, and you want to make change. This is, this is what we do. This is what we're gifted at. So if you want to make those changes and sort of help identify the things that's holding you back and achieve the best health, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, reach out to us and we'd love to help take you to the next level. You'll be surprised who's had cholesterol problems coming up. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. There's a lot of talk these days about human enhancement. Terms like biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, and anti-fragility. In our clinic, the Functional Medical Institute, we've been helping people of all shapes, sizes, and backgrounds improve their quality of their physiology and maximize their lives. So, you can follow the latest fads and gimmicks and maybe find some things that work for you. Or you can add kingdom fuel to your daily regimen right now. It's the simple start to a transformed life. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber with 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fats and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. No gimmicks, just proven results. Start today at Sherwood.tv forward slash fuel. Hey there, Kevin Sorbo here. Now, deep down, we know this. We're, we're more than just a brain and a body. We're a spirit, we're a soul, and we're also a physical temple. If you hit the wall when you're trying to improve one aspect of your being, it's probably because, well, other aspects are sabotaging our success. So that's why diets don't work. And frankly, why so much conventional wisdom from our so-called medical establishments falls flat. Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood have a very different approach. I should know because I happen to be one of their patients. They address the whole person to get to know you, your challenges, and more importantly, what your goals are. Then they offer a complete plan that addresses your unique biology and your heart. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. So find out more at sherwood.tv slash sorbo that's sherwood.tv slash sorbo or see the link before now i'm heading for a workout you should be going for a workout too all right guys god bless
I'll never forget that one time that you came running into my office with this baseline <laughs> cholesterol <laughs> profile that you were just freaked out about. What, what was that experience like and how did you come to resolve that issue? Well, your- first, you know, the idea that I had high cholesterol was freaking me out because, you know, I go back and look at my family history after I, you know, was adopted and was able to finally meet my, my birth mother, you know, and, and my maternal grandparents and, you know, really good, really good time. But I got to thinking about how many of them, you know, had heart conditions and stuff like that. And it kind of freaked me out because you know, cholesterol goes up. My gosh. And we started doing genetics and stuff like that at the time. We really didn't know what we were doing. This has been years ago. And it's and, like, yikes, cholesterol is deemed as such a demon. Well, that's what we were told. Heart disease. Yeah. I thought, you know, cholesterol causes heart disease. If high LDL goes up, you're going to, you know, you're going to stroke out or die or whatever. And boy, you know, when I started looking at it, I mean, you, I remember you taught me off the edge. So thank you. Um, but really, I had it all wrong in a sense for a, for a long, long time. That I thought that that was a dilemma, that was an issue. But it turns out it, it's not really an issue at all. You know, it's 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 only part of an issue if certain things occur. You know, and the fascinating thing for me is I got looking at the idea of cholesterol and heart disease and those tendencies and susceptibilities genetically in people's lives, starting with my own. Right? You know, I was thinking, oh gosh, I don't want that to happen. Um, but I learned a lot of stuff. I learned that things weren't always as they seem and weren't always as we taught, as we're taught. So that was kind of a, an awakening moment for me. Yeah. So when we find out that cholesterol is actually very essential for cellular membrane health, for all the cells in your body, and it's very essential to make sex steroids. So it's yeah. the precursor to all the sex steroids. So we have to understand not just the basics about this thing called LDL cholesterol. We have to go into detail to understand whether it's healthy or not, or whether it's toxic or not. Talk a little bit about particle size, particle number, and why would cholesterol possibly be toxic? Well, the interesting thing is a lot of people out there, they they go run a a cholesterol panel. And you all know what I'm talking about. It's going to be like a HDL LDL, triglycerides, total cholesterol, et cetera. It's pretty basic, and we're kind of told there's a, a good cholesterol and HDL and then a bad cholesterol, LDL. And if LDL is up, you, you probably want to take a drug to drive it down, and we typically want to see that thing less than 100. Well, that's not the whole story. In a nutshell, LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein, and that protein actually carries that cholesterol or fat molecule through the body. Now, we need that, as you said, to fix the cell membranes, the edges of the cells. We need it to uh, form things like testosterone, progesterone, estradiol, for ladies especially. And we need it for brain health. I want to be able to think. So if we willy-nilly at it and just go ahead and throw a drug at it and lower it down, what are we going to happen? We're going to dry up all those processes. That's it. And that's not really a good thing to do. So we have to really understand what is it about that that makes it go to a place where it can be labeled bad. When we talk about that, we're talking about particle size. And what alters the particle size? We get into the roots of nutrition. Yep. If we have the standard American diet and it's full of all the sugary things and all the oxidized oils, that is what begins to damage the LDL cholesterol particle size and makes it teeny tiny 
and toxic. Yeah, the best illustration, you know, I'm, I'm big on these analogies that to explain this is how many of you out there maybe have a, um, a asphalt shingled roof? And if a storm comes by, you got to like better fix it because that small particles, rain, water can get in there, can cause damage uh, interior of the house. And it can long term and short term uh, develop into various places. You know, you can hit wood rot, wood damage, even mold, etc. The vascular wall is much like that, too. So when we get it damaged, like a shingle comes off of that vascular wall and particles that are small get in there, that's what contributes to that thing called plaque. And it activates the immune system. That's and it right. Further aggravates um, the proliferation of the muscle in the artery wall, and then that artery gets thicker and stiffer, and more plaque formation is actually formed. There you so go. So it all boils down to what we're doing with lifestyle. Did you know that fifty percent of people that have a heart attack have normal cholesterol levels? Yeah. Did you hear that? Say that one more time. That's just too too powerful. 50% of people who have a heart attack or stroke have normal cholesterol levels. So there's another process that's at play there. What is that? Yeah, we have to think about checking the particle sizes in people. This is going to be something that would be known as a lipogram or maybe a NMR, which stands for nuclear magnetic resonance. But the bottom line is it looks at the size of the particles. Big particles? Okay. No problemo. Small particles, Yikes. potential problems. So the same thing that creates the small particles is the same thing that causes the shingles to be lifted up in our vascular wall. That one thing that we do and are exposed to all of us every single day. Standard American diet. So, and then of course, at the root of that, that is going to be inflammation. Yep. And if 50% of the population has normal cholesterol levels... It's got to be inflammation that's also at the root, coming from the food that we eat that damages cholesterol, and it also damages the endothelial lining. So what's the remedy wow. to this? It's like, you know, we don't want to depend on that basic lab to tell us the story. Nope. We want to get the right labs and figure out what's causing this. And so if you're out there and you feel kind of goofy and messed up and misled like I did, uh, you, you might want to reach out to us and we can run those panels and we can help you out and we can get those particles big again, which is really cool and eliminate the risk of heart disease. So cholesterol doesn't have to become a dilemma, problem, or confusing subject like it did in my life. And we'll give you a mega dose of hope to live a long life with high quality. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze. 
and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. I can't believe I trusted you. <laughs> I'm Michelle. I'd love to work here. Do you have what it takes to be a champion? Yes, master, I do. We need to get you more competition. National. And finally, the Olympic team selection tournament. Did somebody try to hurt you again? She's working on being a homeless Olympic champion, and now she has somebody footing the bill for college so she can become a doctor. We have to pray on the list so that in all of God's glory, each item on the list will come to a fruitful and gratifying beginning. Our book, Sovereign Duty, is a compilation of so many important things. I put together in this book what I wanted the American people to know, not from my opinion or from interpretations, but from what the what those who drafted the Constitution, who created our Constitutional Republic, wanted us to know about the proper operation of government. And I start the whole book is called Sovereign Duty because it's really about the separation of power between the states and the federal government. It's about the checks and balances that our founders, the external checks and balances on the federal government that our founders created within the states and local government. Most people understand that there are checks and balances in government. We know that the legislative branch can exec the, it check the the executive branch and the judicial branch checks both branches. But most people don't realize that our founders went a step beyond that. And they created in actually the essence of the creation of the federal government, a more powerful external check and balance that exists in the state and local governments. And in knowing that you have to understand how the federal government was created, how the states were created. So the Sovereign Duty book starts off by explaining, number one, how the states pre-exist the federal government. Number two, how the states created the federal government via contract. How that contract that creates the federal government creates a limited and defined federal government in which the states are the creators and the federal government is the creation. 
where the states and the local governments retain a governance over federal use of authority. We talk about the sheriff. What is the role and the duty of the sheriff? What is the role and the duty of the state legislators? There's a chapter on amending the U.S. Constitution. What does that mean? How does it look? What did our founders have in mind? I mean, really, why did they even establish a mechanism to amend the Constitution? The answer to that question is so important that it actually dictates to us when, where, how, and why we should ever, if ever, amend the Constitution. I even have a section in the book on um, term limits. Maybe something that people have never really thought about because there's a really great push for term limits. And I just wanna ask a question that I think everybody should be asking. Are term limits really as effective as we believe they are? And will they have the effect that people want them to have? And so, Sovereign Duty is such an important book. We have legislators, we have sheriffs all over the country who are reading this book, who are using this book. As a matter of fact, I wrote this book as a response from a state legislator in Utah. I go around and I teach legislators in session about the role and the duty of the state to check federal power. Why is it that our states feel like they're just subjects to a federal kingdom? Why is it that our state legislators, our governors think that they have to submit to everything that the federal government puts out? And so I teach this class on the proper role and duty of the state legislator. And and Curtis Odo was a legislator for the state of Utah, and he said, Chrisanne, it would be really, really helpful to you, to us, if you put this in a book. And he read the book in a weekend. I mean, that's how simple this is. Now, just from a functional kind of perspective, I write my books the way I like to read my books. And I don't know about you, Doc, but I write all over my books. I take notes everywhere. So my books are always written in a larger font with greater spacing in between the lines and wide margins. So you can actually use this and study it and, and take apart all the pieces of what I'm giving you. And just so you are absolutely sure that I am not teaching you Chris Ann Hallism, I am not teaching you my philosophy or my interpretations. In the back of my book, Sovereign Duty, or over 180 references to all the original source documents that I use to create this. None of this is from me. All of this is me tying together and giving to you the facts that are already in writing so that you can have the truth. Sovereign Duty is an indispensable book, especially in this day. And I'm grateful that you would give me the opportunity to bring it to your people.
exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility. Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results.